just lift your hands up wherever you are. You can lift them up as high as you want. You don't have to lift them up overly high. But I want you to lift them up as a sign of surrender and praise to God. Come on, come on. And we're going to just say it together. Praise is what I do as an offering to God. situation for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore will I all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses with insults and distress, with persecutions, with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, for when I am weak, for when I am weak in human strength, 
then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, before you take your seat, I just want you to speak it into the atmosphere. Just tell God, depleted but not defeated. God bless you. Depleted but not defeated. That, that's, hey, my, 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 go away. Hey, thank you, God. Somebody needs to speak it out of your spirit. Depleted but not defeated. I, I've, I've been through some things. I'm depleted, but I'm not. I'm not defeated. I, I, I find this text to be pulling at me because here the apostle seems to both boast and not boast. But he seems to make claims about things you and I would not lay claim to. He seems to actually celebrate the fact that he's got some limitations on his life. He actually appears to laud the fact that I've, I've got something wrong with me. He calls it a thorn in the flesh without ever identifying it. And he applauds it and he says, when I'm weak, that's what I am. Strong. For I know no defeat. No defeat. For I know, I know only love. Oh, is well. That's what you gotta tell yourself. And I 
trying to speak to somebody. He's trying to get you to prophesy over your own life and manifest something different than what you're speaking. Oh, you've got to tell yourself all is well. All is well. I know what it looks like, but all is well. All is well. I'm not going to be defeated. I know no defeat. I know only love. Because all is well. All is well. All is well right now. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. I need to talk to somebody on this side right here. At the worst of times, you're still set up for the best of times. That it's only a setup. That what you're going through is just setting up your testimony.
I feel an anointing in the house. I feel an anointing. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough before you leave here today. You're not going to leave here like you came. I'm telling you now, you're not going to leave here like you came. God wants you to be released today. You're going to be released. Here, here, as I was, um, I was thinking about this word, and I thought to myself that some of the greatest, most lauded testimonies of athletes happened because they had struggles and limitations. And it was because when you figured out and found out what they were going through, then what they accomplished was even more amazing when you knew what they went through to get there. You, you know, one of the greatest female athletes, I know most of y'all remember Florence Good from Joyner and, uh, and those, those wonderful women, but, 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 but well before Flo Jo was a woman by the name of Woman Rudolph. And, 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 and you know, her story doesn't start with three gold medals in the 60s. Her real story starts with being born premature. Her real story starts with pneumonia and scarlet fever. Her real story starts with infantile paralysis caused by the polio virus. Her real story starts with having to wear braces on her legs and, and major shoes on her feet to control where her feet would be positioned at. Her real story starts with having her mother each week take her from her little hometown all the way over to Meharry Medical Center because there was nowhere for black children to go and be serviced so they had to get 50 miles away to Meharry to care her to get any kind of medical treatment. Her real story starts not being able to walk. so that running in the Olympics is the outgrowth of starting with a limitation. And, and your problem is not that you're going through something. Your problem is you don't want to handle what you're going through to get where you're going to. Michael Jordan is considered the greatest, the GOAT, uh, LeBron for the new generation, Michael for the old folk, but, 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 but Michael is considered one of the greatest, not just because he could score, and he could do that, not because he was uh, what considered to be an assassin, he wanted to take everybody out, but, but no, Michael is remembered because when he was at his worst, he was at his best. See, went over somebody's head. See, see, those of us who realize he just turned 60 this week, we, we, we go back to the 97 NBA Finals. Now, I was not a Michael Jordan fan because I'm a Knicks fan. And they kept my Knicks from winning championships. But having said that, the story must go forward. 
I say that to all my ego fans before I get to you. Listen, Michael Jordan in the 97 game five, the series tied 2-2, they don't want to lose, but Michael has the flu. And during that game, he can hardly walk. There are pictures of Scottie Pippen literally holding him up and him laying his head on Scottie's shoulder like a little baby. On the sideline, when they're there at the courtside, they got ice packs on his neck and he's literally been having to regurgitate in between plays. And yet, he picks himself up and drops 38 points, seven rebounds, and five assists in that game. When it looked like his worst day, it was his best day. Okay, I, I, maybe I didn't get that one. L last, last Sunday, Everybody talked about and hoped, some of those Eagle fans really hoping greatly that, that Patrick Mahomes would not be able to play because he had a high ankle sprain. And, and, and I thought he wasn't going to be able to play. Patrick Mahomes was hurt. He, he, he had gotten hurt and he was holding his foot up. He acted like he couldn't walk. I don't know how bad he was hurt or if he was trying to pull what one commentator said was a Paul Pierce to act like he was more hurt than he was for his enemy. I don't know, but I do know just a little bit about ankle sprains. Just a little bit. You don't heal from a high ankle sprain in two weeks. You, you can shoot it up with all the drugs you want. You can, hit, you can take all the blockers and everything else. You, you, you can only do so much before you got a dead foot there and you can't move it. Here he is playing in the biggest game, and at the biggest moment, he's running on a high ankle sprain for 20-something yards. He will be remembered not for winning the game as much as he'll be remembered for playing through pain. Where are you going, Reverend? The, 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 the point I'm trying to draw on here is the fact that you cannot allow whatever you're going through to dictate the outcome of your life. You, you can't allow the limitations of life to overwhelm you to the point that you throw in the towel and give up because things are not going exactly like you want them to go and stuff is falling apart. You've got to know that life is not always going to be easy, but that doesn't mean God is not with you in the midst of it all and that you can't overcome. I just came to encourage somebody today. I, I, I came to encourage somebody. I came, I came to encourage you right here because, and I'm, 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 I'm going to rush. I, I'm making, there, there are three reasons to rejoice in limitations. Three reasons to rejoice. I, I said rejoice in them, not just, not just deal with them, rejoice in them. 
Yeah, you, you, you accept the limitations. I, I promise you, you realize that God is blessing. Watch this, watch. Three reasons to rejoice in limitations. The apostle says, I'm going to boast in my weakness. I'm not going to boast in the fact that I've seen great revelations. I, I, I'm not going to boast in the fact that I've got an anointing on my life. That healing God has done through my hand and through my apron and through my scarf. I'm not going to boast on that. What I'm going to boast on is that my weakness is not a weakness because it's what God's using for me at this moment. Oh, you missed it. God, my weakness is not a weakness because God is using it in the middle of my situation and it's going to be all right because God promised me that his grace. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me see. I'm, I'm going to ride this pony fast. Watch this. The, the first thing, the first reason you can rejoice is that limitations don't have to be limiting. preach was. Limitations don't have to be limiting. You, you've got to realize that just because there's a limitation, it does not mean that it has to be limiting. You know, here, here, I know sometimes you're going through something and you want to just say, oh, well, I can't do anything at all. Well, just because you can't do one thing the way you did it before, doesn't mean you can't do the same thing a little differently. The thing that the trick on your mind is that when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. It is binary thinking. It's either all or nothing. It's either one way or the other. And the tragedy of binary thinking is it keeps you stuck on one side or the other and always disappointed if you don't get it your way, just your way. Stop thinking that way. The world is too large. Blessings are too many. And there are too many alternatives for how God can get a thing done. There's a picture, guy played pitcher, pitcher. In the major leagues, only had one hand. How do you play pitcher and you only got one hand? You can play when you realize you can tuck your glove underneath your arm and throw the ball as fast as you can and you can put it in a place that nobody else can hit it. But if all you worry about is what you don't have, you won't use what you do have. Don't get mad at me if I don't have a pity party because you're going through something. Because we're all going through something. God wants to give you the ability to handle whatever life throws at you. Okay. Um, hurt, harassed, dealing with harassment, dealing with humiliation, dealing with a handicap. That's what one translation calls the thorn in the flesh, a handicap. But Paul says, but I take limitations in stride. 
He says, I take them in stride with, and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Okay, come on, Watts. I'm trying to. Here you go. I want to give you this. This is simple one. This is real simple. Real easy, real easy. Take it all in stride. Y'all missed it. Y'all went over your head. Take it all. He says, I take it in stride. In other words, I've already planned that something could go wrong. <clears throat> and it did. So what? I was already ready for that. It, it doesn't matter. I don't leave the house thinking that my car will break down, but I still got AAA in my pocket in case it does because I'm not going to lose my mind if it breaks down. I'm going to take it in stride because what you do too often is you think that because something is mechanical and works real good, it's going to work every time. So you lose your mind when it doesn't work. You think because you're young and strong, your body's going to bounce up and get up every time. And you lose your mind when you don't have the agility and strength. What you've got to learn is life does not go according to your plan. That's why we call it life. There are hills, mountains, valleys. Learn how to take it all in stride. The second thing, the second thing, the second thing, and this, this is this, this is in the text. But watch this. He said he teaches us that limitations don't limit living. In in the Living Bible, he uses this words. I am glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power. <clears throat> okay, you, you, didn't, you didn't get that, you didn't get that. Sometimes you are the testimony. Sometimes you are the sermon. And your problem is you don't want to be the one tagged to be the testimony today. But when you get to the place where you realize that if you live as a demonstration of what God can do, God will bless you in the midst of what you're going through because you are a living testimony. That's why he told you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. You need to show the world who you are. I am a testimony. I told y'all this. I, 
I was in college and I realized that profanity was not good, so I gave up cussing. So I, I yeah, no, I, I, I stopped. I, I just didn't seem, I didn't, I'm not trying to bother anybody. I'm just telling my testimony. So I, I, um, I, I gave it up. But, but it came a point where because I wouldn't cuss, people started noticing the absence of those words that really put the power on the stuff. You know those words, y'all, really, you put it on like a period, and sometimes you put it on like an exclamation point, and some of y'all, like Bernie Mac, can take a couple of words and make a whole sentence out of it just by the way you intonate your voice. So I wouldn't cuss. Now, I didn't know anybody was watching me. I had no idea people were paying attention. I had no idea. So a situation happened in the dorm, a bunch of cussing and fighting. So I walked back in the dorm, and the, the person who was the head of the dorm looks at me. He says, he says uh, Ben, tell them what happened. And so I start telling the story. And I said, and so-and-so said yes, and so-and-so said that other word, and so-and-so said this, and, and I went on back and forth. And then he turned up, he said, pay up. I told you you weren't gonna cuss. <laughs> what do you mean, Reverend? I'm telling you that people are watching how you handle your life. So you got a diagnosis you didn't like, how you gonna handle it? So you lost a loved one, how you gonna handle it? So you got tears coming down your eyes, how you gonna handle it? So you're going through some financial issues, how you gonna handle it? Are you gonna curse God and die? Are you gonna act a fool? Or are you gonna stand up and say, I know who my Redeemer is, and my Redeemer lives, and he is within me, and everything is going to be all right, because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Sometimes, you are the testimony and you need to know that limitations don't limit your living but God you are a divine human demonstration of God Each time he said, no, this is after he prayed, no. And this is verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Each time he said, no, but I am with you. That is all you need. Well, God, that's not the answer I wanted. It may be what I need, it's just not what I wanted. My power shows up best in weak people. Now, I'm glad to boast about how weak I am. I'm glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and ability. Okay. 
Last point, and I'm done. This is my last encouragement to you today. And, and I really, I really, I, you got to get this one. Because here's the best part about all of this. Because Paul's been saying over and over and over again, and I'm going to say it even more clearly than, than I have in the past few moments. But Paul says, number three, limitations don't limit the Lord. See, some of y'all need to realize your limitations don't limit the Lord. He can still do what no other power, Holy Ghost power, can do. Old folks said God specializes in things start impossible. I gotta get out of here. I gotta leave y'all. But if you just think about it, just think about it. If I go all the way back to Abraham, he was too old. And Sarah was old right along with him for them to have a child. But the question was, is there anything too hard for God? I wish I had a witness in here. Moses had a stammering tongue, but yet God used him to lead the children of Israel. Y'all ain't got that. This might be down somebody's alley. Elijah suffered from depression, but yet God used him to fight against the powers and principalities of his time. Jesus had only a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread, but yet he fed thousands. Thomas suffered from doubt, but yet he was able to see the Lord. And Paul said, I got a thorn in the flesh, but God said, I can do great things in your weaknesses. You got to know your limitations don't limit the Lord. God can use you just where you are. God can use you the way you are. For when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. For when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. 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 Come on, give God a praise. Every eye closed. Maybe there's somebody here today. I thank the Lord. Hallelujah. We pray for each one of you today. We believe God. Maybe there's someone here who's heard the word and said, I want to be a part of that church. I want to be a member of this fellowship. If you're here and you're not a member of this church, but you want to be, I want you to just lift your hand up right now. Just lift your hand up wherever you are. If you're online and you're listening to me, I want you to call me, write me right now. You can email me. I want you to become a partner with us. You can become a partner in this house. And there are the numbers on the board. Please join us. 
as you're standing here, you're not here by accident today. On this beautiful Heritage Sunday, you're not here by accident. You're supposed to be here. You were sent here. You're here by divine assignment. I believe that God has something for you. And I believe you're receiving it. Now, right now, here's what I want you to do. If you know you're going through something, I'm going to ask you right now to take your right hand and put it on your chest. And I want you to begin to pray for yourself. Now, if you want somebody to pray with you, elder, y'all walk, walk around. If you need somebody to pray with you, saints are going to be walking around. They'll stop and pray with you right now as you are praying. They're, they're here. They're here. We're willing to pray with you and pray for you. As you're praying, just slip your hand up right there. Go right there, sis. Right there. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll reach and touch and agree with you. Amen. Amen. Just reach out and grab her hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. I'm waiting. Close your eyes all over the place. Don't worry about who's praying for who. We're praying for saints. We're praying for everyone. Now, whatever you need from God today, what you are going through, I want you to put it before the Lord right now. I want you to ask God to move on your behalf. Don't worry about anybody else. Hallelujah. We will never really quietly, really quiet, really softly. I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm not in any hurry, as you can tell. I just really feel like this is a season now. We're shifting into the anointing. And on Wednesday night at 6.30, the service, the sanctuary will be open. You can join us as we shift into the anointing, going into our Lenten fast. We're going to be at Wednesday night. We're anointing everybody that attends. We're going to anoint everybody. And we're going to move into what God is getting ready to do in this new season. I feel like God is doing something special. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you had a burden when you came in, if you had a burden when you came in, I want you to drop it on the floor, whatever it was you're worried about. In the spirit, metaphorically, take your hand, open it up, drop it down on the floor, and step on it. Step on it. Step on it. Whatever it was. Look, you, you better you better learn to be obedient. You trying to get rid of something today. Glory. The blood of Jesus. God, we defeat it even now. We defeat it even now. Every burden. Every burden. Everything. We're not carrying nothing home. We're not carrying anything home with us. Now, Father, I bless your name for your people today. Thank you for the anointing that covers this house. Thank you for what you're about to do in their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We receive it. Now put your hands together and give God your best praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the sanctuary.
I just want you to know, I feel like God is ready to move on your behalf. Amen. Amen. And the reason you're here today is so that you would know it too. You came so you know it. And you're going to be able to handle this week whatever comes your way. And you're going to say, come what may, it's still yes. God wants a yes. Come what may, it's still yes. Here's what I want you to do. Get your offering ready. Whatever you're going to give, you know the tithe belongs to the Lord. I don't have to beg you for your tithe. That's God's. You give your offering above your tithe. And if you pledge and you confirm that you're going to be a participant in helping us in this ministry, say, God, whatever you want me to give, I want to give that. I want to give my tithe. I'm going to give above. I want to do what you're calling me to do. If you get your offering in your hand, get your offering in your hand, and if you're going to give electronically, there are three ways to give. Cash app, GiveLify, or you can give it, send it by mail if you're listening online, or you when you leave here today. We receive the offering as you leave. So when you walk out today, just drop it in the basket, or you can go on your PDA device right now as I bless the offering. Father, we thank you now for gift and giver. Thank you for blessing us in your service to be of service to the kingdom of the living God. Help each person to receive back that which they sow in a hundredfold and remind them that it is more blessed to give than to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.